Welcome to The Savage Truth with Cicely Davis. I am your host, Cicely Davis. Today on The Savage Truth, Donald Trump Jr. returns to court in the $250 million civil fraud trial in defense of the civil case against his father, Donald J. Trump. And although Judge Arthur Angeron has already ruled the former president and his co-defendants as liable for fraud, I'll talk about the threat, the inconvenience, the phobia, and the utter fear the left has for the former 45th president and why his candidacy has woke society and Democrats shaking in their boots at the sheer thought of another Trump-Biden face-off. Yes, the fear is real. Let's talk about it. Coming up now on The Savage Truth with Cicely Davis. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to The Savage Truth. I am Cicely Davis and ecstatic to have you back and tuned into yet another episode. Welcome, if this is your first episode, and welcome back to those who have been riding along on the Savage Train. As always, please like, share, subscribe, and leave a positive review on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Well, unless you've lived or are living completely off the grid, to which you wouldn't be listening to this podcast anyhow, you are well aware of the presidential election as fast approaching for 2024. And with the Republican primaries, the media coverage, the text messages and email solicitations for financial support for those candidates, there is one, one person, one personality, one persona, one man that is in the lead, a huge lead, mind you, and in a league all his own. And that is, of course, former president number 45, Mr. Donald J. Trump. And when I say lead, he leads in campaign funding with $45.5 million raised in the third quarter. And he leads in the Republican primary with 59% of supporters, Republican supporters, in his corner. Well, the question has to be, why is that? Why does he have such a tremendous lead in the primary amongst Republican conservative voters. First, we have to state the obvious. Trump is big, big in presence, personality. He's big in persona. Whether you like him or not, you have to admit, you must admit, he has the it factor. That's something that takes a room. You can't help but notice him. He is hard to miss. He's hard to ignore. The reason that it's important is because we have, unfortunately, a significant uninformed voter population, and they don't follow political current events. They don't study. They don't read. They don't research. Or they generally just don't pay attention to the political realm. Again, unfortunate. But because that population exists and some of them vote, We have to be mindful of them and understand that when you're uninformed, other things move and motivate you. For instance, I met an older woman who votes in every election, but does not follow politics. And she only derives her political knowledge from the local news channel. I was speaking to her at church one day and she said to me, 
I vote for the president who looks most presidential. She votes on looks, not policies, not their background, not their experience or stance on the most important issues or the individual's outlook on her financial future, her security, or her overall way of life, but how they look. And there are a lot more of her out there. Scary, unfortunate, but true. So the it factor is important. He leads. He leads in packing crowds. He fills a stadium with followers and supporters like a rock star. He leads because he speaks the language of the American majority, the American people, the American workers, moms and dads, the middle class, the people who actually consume goods and services, who have student loans, 401ks, insurance premiums, pensions, mortgages, kids in college or prepping for college, first-time home buyers, small business owners, people with credit card debts, and all those who just want to have a little something to rest and rely upon in their future. And when they've given all that they could to their jobs and their positions and their children, they want to retire and rest, travel, and enjoy the fruits of their labor in the country to which they contributed. That's who Donald Trump appeals to. In spite of what the media would have you to believe, he cares deeply for the American people, America's legacy, and those in leadership who is supposed to care for and protect the American way of life by upholding our birth certificate, the Constitution, and to ensure and protect every legal American's right and privilege to self-determine. In the book, We Want You to Be Rich, as written by Donald Trump and Robert Kiyosaki, Kiyosaki being the author of the famed book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, they both explain very simply, and I need you all to hear this, especially if you are in the category I just mentioned and or are living paycheck to paycheck, if you're in that category. They both explain and make very clear that those in the government want you to be the working poor. This is without a doubt a savage truth. They want you to be the working poor. That's what this is all about. It's about that and it's about control. Now, considering that this book was written in 2006, this statement has serious significance. It tells me that both Trump and Kiyosaki recognize and have been warning that globalization was a real threat. These two very successful people shared their knowledge and their observations. This was not a book about getting rich. It wasn't a book about getting rich quickly. It wasn't about creating get-rich-quick schemes. It was about self-sufficiency. It's about the importance of becoming self-reliant. It's about being in complete control of your own future and your own destiny so you won't have to or would not ever have to worry about or depend on the government for survival. And they recognized then in 2006, probably much before that, that today was fast approaching. And here we are. Now, as Donald Trump is in court today, 
or on Monday, by the time you hear this, along with Don Jr., as being lied upon and persecuted by the racist Attorney General Letitia James, who campaigned on Trump, by the way, we must recognize that there is an agenda to not only destroy this man, his family, his businesses, his success, his reputation, his overall way of life, but it's also to suppress, cancel, mute, and terrify his supporters. The attack is actually on those who wish to see him in office again, led through the harassment of the former president himself. Please know that. You have to know that. And as they continue to slander, his popularity grows stronger. Don Jr. testified on Monday in court defending against the accusation that he and his brother Eric knowingly participated in a scheme to inflate their father's net worth to obtain financial benefits like better loans and insurance policy terms. Remember, this case is civil, not criminal, but threatens the former president's business in New York. Don Jr. returned to the witness stand on Monday to give his family's side of the story in the New York Attorney General's civil fraud trial against Donald Trump himself. This is a $250 million lawsuit against Donald Trump, but also an attack to those who support the former president as a deterrent and scare tactic to voters who support him. Yet, his popularity remains and grows stronger with every passing day. He has been indicated three to four times, I've lost count, quite frankly, in the last four months or so. Once in New York for alleged financial crimes, once in a federal court on charges that he mishandled sensitive government documents and obstructed an investigation, and was indicted in a federal court on charges he conspired to overturn the results of the 2020 election. And facing the legal challenges in Georgia yet for allegedly pressuring state officials to reverse his 2020 defeat there. Through this all, Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump's campaign has not just continued unabated or waned in any way. In fact, it has thrived. Most Republican voters see these charges as politically motivated. This is what keeps them motivated to support him. Here's a savage truth. The bond between Donald Trump and his supporters, which equates to about 40 to 45 percent of the Republican electorate, will be difficult to break. They see the world through his eyes. His base believe he's been wronged. They believe that the indictments are politically motivated. They see these actions as a blatant attempt to take Mr. Trump out of the presidential running. And the overall goal here is absolute fear, to scare his supporters away. And if that can't be done, we see states making the attempt to erase him from the ballot. You have to wonder about this massive effort. All the time, the money and effort spent on one man to shut him down and shut him up and completely destroy him, his presence, his influence. But I truly believe that it won't succeed. The Trump factor, whether you like it or not, is real. It is big. It is unwavering and it is prevalent. And what they're afraid of is that it is catching on. And I really truly believe that 
people are realizing that and they're becoming more aware. They're realizing that their financial future is in jeopardy with the interest rates and inflation. They're realizing that their property, their familial and personal safety is in jeopardy with the border crisis as being out of control, knowing or not knowing who is in our country and the massive amounts of crime exasperated since the defund the police movement was initiated. Socially, they're recognizing that we are so far left that restrooms, sports, and the English language has become points of contention because of the attack on general definitions and truth. And they're recognizing that an overall trust of our abbreviated agencies like the CIA, the DOJ, the FBI, DHS, etc., is waning at best or non-existent at its worst. And finally, people are starting to realize or becoming more aware that we cannot trust the media to provide an unbiased perspective or reporting on what is truly, truly happening in our society. This renders the great majority of the American people without hope and feeling with no sense of normalcy. So when they hear someone, a candidate who is highly successful, by the way, say that America deserves better, the American people deserve better, and that your concerns are my concerns, and that I will continue with what I started and pick up where I left off when your 401ks were fat and businesses had confidence in the economy, so much so that they were hiring in record numbers and paying people for their talent and their contribution, and interest, interest rates were low. And you could buy that home and afford to furnish it. You could send your kids to college and save and leave a legacy for the next generation. And you can travel and spend on the extras and afford both gas and groceries and not have to work a second job to make ends meet. And that our military will become strong again and stand against our political and terroristic enemies. And that our children will not be left behind in a poor educational system that will allow them to secure their future. When they hear a candidate say that, it resonates. This is a candidate who has done it. He's proven himself. He has succeeded in getting America back on top and in the lead where we belong. And he was effective. He was effective. His followers were strong. They were vocal and willing to go to bat for the country, believing in freedom, believing in capitalism, and believing in the American way. That is hopeful. That is what scares the woke the most. It's the reason for the pressure and the persecution of number 45, and his message is working. Black men are jumping off the inevitable Biden crash and onto the Trump train in significant numbers. We are seeing Hispanic voters continue to make the political shift from Democrat to Republican as the crisis at the border continues and that vote is taken for granted by the Biden administration and the obvious double standard with the Biden family with laptop scandals, cocaine accusations, foreign scandals by the way of China and Ukraine and the connection with the Biden family, etc. It all adds up to a yearning for America to snap back with a candidate that the people believe in and feel is genuine and strong enough to resurrect the American spirit. And with that significant and strong lead so far, I would have to say that this 
is the former president, Mr. Donald J. Trump. In a nutshell, it's because the larger number of grassroots Republicans believe that Trump is the winner who knows how to beat Joe Biden. Many critics say his accomplishments were exaggerated, his promises didn't pan out, and his flaws were glaring, real, and consequential. The problem with that is not only does Trump tout his own accomplishments, but so do many senators, congressional leaders, and most importantly, the people. You see, the people know and remember what the gas prices were when he was in office. They remember what groceries cost, where their 401ks were positioned, their savings accounts, the unemployment rates for Blacks and Hispanics, etc. And our enemies shook at their knees at the thought of attack or threat to the United States. Nikki Haley said in her opening statement of the third Republican primary debate that Donald Trump was the right president at the right time. Well, if he was the right president at that time, then he definitely has a strong case for being the right president now, regardless of the sentiment that Republican voters can't or won't move on. The simple fact is, he is the one who dealt with our problems in the Middle East, made our allies feel safe, and trust in the U.S.'s ability to lead peace. He showed definitive strength with our threats from China and dealt with Putin as well. He absolutely had accomplishments as president and delivered on issues important to the people. It's an understatement to say that he was and remains unfairly treated by his enemies. And these arguments have rational basis. The Democratic Party has waged war, not on Donald Trump, but through Donald Trump to persecute and punish the American people for voting him in in the first place. And because of this, they, we, fight with indignation for him. The goal is to deter anyone, any voter, from voting for any candidate who will not back down and voice the truth. Draining the swamp was a direct threat to the progressive Marxist tyrannical left, and they will do whatever it takes to terrorize those voters who voted him in. They do not want to see another candidate come in who is not a part of the status quo. This was a man who could not be bought. He could not be persuaded. He could not be bribed. He was not in it to play politician. He went against the status quo and he was against the establishment and he didn't play the game and they did not like him and they don't want him in. I will vote. Let me make this very clear. I will vote for a Republican candidate, whoever that is, because I truly believe that is what is needed in order to get our country back. I believe in the Republican way with regard to our country, our fundamentals. I believe in what Republicans will do with our economy. I believe that Republicans will and absolutely can steer our country back on the right track. But if you ask me who truly has America's well-being, its survivability, and the restoration at heart, I think with the significant lead at 59% that he holds as of now, the people are making that choice glaringly clear. Number 45 to become number 47 in 2024. 
please like, subscribe, and leave a positive review. Please support. And remember, folks, be bold, be strong, be faithful, be true. Until next time, folks, thanks you for tuning in to The Savage Truth. I'm Cicely Davis. Till next time. The Savage Truth with Cicely Davis is a production of Front Page Magazine and the David Horowitz Freedom Center. Reproduction of this podcast without express written consent is prohibited.